podcast and we're back i'm feeling good it's been too long we're I'm back fi- we're back I'm, we're I'm back. fired we're up back. though i'm fired up we haven't talked we're sports back. In, back. in like a week and a half now ish something like that it's almost it's almost been two weeks we we went through some personal turmoil there were some lows there were some highs congratulations <laughs> to our friends marty and ashley on their new baby girl uh well well okay well, we know it's a girl new now, so. coming yeah, yeah. We, we now new know coming, it's a yeah. girl <laughs> the, the yet to be named uh marty and ashley child um and jerome's not here now no i won't um we're here we are a little bit revamped in that we have a schedule in terms of the way we're going to be talking sports and maybe it'll make sense to you guys once we actually put up a patreon paywall so you can get fucked um <laughs> but we're talking NBA today, all day. Uh, we, I, dude, I'm fired up. I've been watching so much basketball. Like I um, was briefly seeing uh, a, a, a woman and she is no longer around to be seen anymore. Uh, so now all I do is pass the time with the NBA. It'd be and, like that sometimes, you know what I mean? And can I tell you, there is no better mistress than the National Basketball Association. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, you work during the day, you get off work, boom, 7 p.m., you got a game starting. Oh, that's not all. We got 8 p.m. games. We got 8.30 p.m. games. There's probably a 9 p.m. game. And then you got the West Coast 10.30 p.m. game. So your nights are never spent alone. Bro, I, you know, I don't understand. Like, I under, I love it when people from California move out east and they're like, I don't know how you guys watch NBA games that start at 10. Motherfucker, your games start at 4. You're still at work. <laughs> Fuck you mean, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like you're getting, you're, like you're literally maybe just clocking out of your fucking place. Your of, NFL of, starts of at like 10 a.m. Bingo! Which, how the fuck? I will say, uh, could now, be could like, be good after the many Vegas trips I've had. Uh, that is, that is a fucking luxury. What yeah, a beautiful I mean, thing to wake up hungover on a Sunday morning, take one shot just to kind of you know wear it off a little bit, and football's already starting. It's. It is. I mean, you know what? I can I can give you that. I I haven't considered. I hadn't considered Vegas in terms of football, but I always consider it for baseball and and the NBA. And it literally drives me nuts to think that like some poor schmuck is working at Hertz rental car at eight o'clock at night, and you know it's eleven here, and he might never get to see anything except for highlights. Like that's that's just so awful. I feel so bad. Um. But let's get into it, man. Let's 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 do this. Let's um, do it. The official home of the Boogie to South Beach campaign started right here, right, right now. Relax. Fucking relax, bro. Okay. Uh, you can also start the Blake Griffin to the Lakers <laughs> train. <laughs> I'm kind of with that shit, bro. I think that's actually a really smart move. Um, but let's get started with the most important thing. First things first. We need to talk about. We're almost halfway through the season. It's crazy. Which sounds um, weird, because. Feels like it just started. It and also like it just ended. So yeah, it's weird how um, short like ten less games. It's weird how short the season feels with just ten less games. I mean, they yeah, cram, think, you know they crammed some a little tighter together and all that stuff too, which I guess makes it feel a little bit shorter. But the part that's really fucking me up is the fact that there are ten less games. Uh, the back to backs really suck, so it's annoying to see the same team twice in a week. Uh, that's really driving me up a fucking wall. Um, and uh, I can officially say I'm sick and tired of the Brooklyn Nets, but we're going to get to that in one second. So <laughs> um, almost halfway through the season power rankings. Um, 
I am. I, I, I diligently worked through this. I did a lot of note taking. I did a lot of deep soul searching. Okay. Oh, I'm already, I'm in. I don't know what this is, but I'm in. And I have put together my power rankings for the middle of the year. Now, granted, did the Lakers just lose to the Washington uh, Bullets, a.k.a. Wizards, <laughs> a.k.a. the tanking, so let's get rid of Bradley Beals? Yes, they did. Did they also lose to the Brooklyn Nets? They most certainly did. But let's not get carried away here, and let's not forget that this team uh, is um, still way better than every other team in the NBA, except <laughs> for one so let's take it easy um so my power rankings and this is going to be kind of wild so here i have in first i have the utah jazz over the lakers i don't hate it i do utah's been out of their mind this season it uh their defensive rating uh per night is like uh, 107 points their offensive rating is 116 um they usually are a plus nine every night uh i watched them the other night, I want to say, well, it was Sunday night against the Clippers, take a 15-point deficit and just fucking rake. Um, that team, listen, it, 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 it's a, it, they, they could be the Clippers of this year, right, where it's, it's like a good regular season team and they fall apart in the playoffs. But good God, this is a really good regular season team I, right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think they will. Like I, They're only going to get better now with, uh, with Conley coming back this past week. Like, Who has stated that he wants to stay in Utah, too. So that's a big boost. Yeah, they're... they're like they're they're good without they're really really good without him but with him they're just they're that much better uh, they're they're terrifying i would not want to play them ever much less in a playoff series i agree and and and, and i think bojan is he's putting up like ridiculous numbers plus let's go bear mitchell mitchell can blow up for 50 on any given night like if if, and, if you're in a seven game series like there's going to be one or two nights where he drops 45 on you and you just there's nothing you can do about it plus the 15 and 10 from rudy because like that's the other side of it is that they're starting to understand that they're rudy doesn't have to score 30 points a night he can go up for 15 10 and 5 plus like however many offensive boards that is to win you games and it's nice to see that this is changing because i really didn't think when the season started they were going to be cohesive um i've been really more than pleasantly surprised like just outright surprised with how good this team has been yeah they like their first three or four games or four or five we were like i think we talked about it like earlier in the season on this pod and we were like ah utah you know they'll they'll be there you know they're a contender they'll be fine and then they ripped off like 19 they went like 19 and one or some shit it was crazy mm -hmm. and then we we're like oh my god they're they're a fantastic team. In second place, I have the LA Lakers. Um, offensive rating 111, defensive rating of a five. They're a plus six every night. Um, here's the problem with the Lakers, and this is why I didn't give them the number one spot. That entire team is not healthy. Um, I think that whatever heel issue that ad has if it's a heel or a calf or whatever the fuck it is because i thought it was the smart injury at first but then it ended up being like a strained heel or something or another um that isn't great dennis schroeder being out isn't great um the team can't exclusively run through lebron and we've learned this that's why they got him ad in the first place um the role players like the bench guys like caruso Kuzma, who's gotten more starts recently, and I'll talk about him in a second, um, and KCP have been making like a really good contribution, but it's not been enough. Um, 
I just think that for right now, where we are in the middle of the season, this team is a second. And um, yeah, listen, I mean, they have a big schedule coming up right before the all-star break. Um, I just, I mean, it's tough, man. You, 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 you can't, you can't lose your biggest offensive weapon and not uh, expect to lose and to slip games. Yeah. That's really all it comes healthy, down to. Healthy, I think they're still the team to beat. But yeah, they're they're hurt they're hurt multiple ways. Like A A D is one of the top players in the league, so losing him is painful. Losing Schroeder is very painful. But B it it hurts your depth so drastically, especially A D. One of the huge one of the biggest strengths for that team is bringing Montrez Harrell off the bench. It's the same way with the Clippers. Yep. Bringing Harrell off the bench and having him as a six man was such a huge strength for that team. And now having to start him, um, or or you know just having to play Gasol by himself in there when he can, he can hardly like if you thought Dirk could barely move up and down the court his last couple of years, watch Mark Gasol play a basketball game. It's painful. I, I... I agree with you, but that man's vision on the court is insane. Oh yeah, he's like, still a fantastic you, playmaker. Yeah, he it, it it it's kind of frustrating because you were like Mark, if you had gotten here four years ago, maybe five years ago, with the same lineup, like a healthy five years ago, Mark Gasol, he could have been so much fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's painful to watch. And then the other side of it, and this is what I really wanted to talk about, is Kyle Kuzma needs to get the fuck out of LA. <laughs> Did you know that my man is an American? Uh, um, uh, not American. What's the other one? American, not American Eagle. Abercrombie and Fitch model. Like, bro, g- get him the fuck out of LA. Like, he is <laughs> so useless for that fucking squad. Like, he'll come out and he'll hit threes with people in his grill. He'll pull up from fucking 40 feet and think he's Steph. Like, he'll do wonderful things. And then he'll, like, overrun a drive to the rim and it'll come off of his foot. Like, it's just... It is. He is the most frustrating player, and we, I've, we've talked about this literally since the inception of this fucking podcast. I regret giving away Brandon Ingram. Fuck Lonzo. We should have just given away fucking Lonzo and Kuzma and called it a day. Well, that's why That's why Kuzma's still – I mean, well, he's, he's a good basketball. He's not great. He's a good rotation guy. But that's why he's still getting so many minutes all the time. It's like the Lakers have to try to force feed him and make him work. Because you see how fantastic Brandon Ingram has become, or fantastic of a player Brandon Ingram has become in New Orleans. So, like, the Lakers have to, like, imagine if they had given Kuzma. Like, I'm from from most accounts, they pretty much had their pick. Give Kuzma or Ingram. And, like, I, we don't know if the Pelicans said no on Kuzma, but, like, we can assume that the Lakers decided to keep Kuzma and offered Ingram, and they have to live with that now. So, <laughs> well, they're they're digging their heels into the fucking sand with Kuzma. That's it's what I mean. Like, like they they have to yeah. make it more. They get they gotta believe. They're gonna have to. <laughs> they're gonna have to deal that ass sooner than later, bro. Because that shit ain't working out, bro. Like I've been watching this team religiously for fucking forever, really, since what the 07 finals, 06 finals, whatever that was, and like I haven't seen a guy. Like, I haven't seen a guy fail upwards in L.A. more than Kyle Kuzma. Like, there have been guys that have failed upwards in L.A. consistently because they had the opportunity. Or, like, uh, 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 Shannon Brown was a good one that failed upwards, right? Like, a great 3 and D guy could get to the rim was a fucking spastic freak of nature. But Kyle Kuzma doesn't even have that sometimes. Like, it's like it's just all around. But I'm Okay, I'm going to lose it, so I'm going <laughs> to move on. Um, in third, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers are a 112, 103, 112 offensive, 103 defensive rating. They're a plus 2.7 every night. Uh, They've not had a good run of it over the last few games. They've been outscored 
um, by almost 23 points per uh, per 100 possessions over the last six games. Um, there are obviously some injury issues, as there will be with most teams. It is what it is. However, uh, if you're going to look at me and tell me right now that Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, and um, Ben Simmons can't figure out a way to win and go to the Eastern Conference this year, then you're out of your mind. Because I'm looking at Milwaukee right now, fall apart, literally fall apart. And I, no, there's no way. There's no way that this team can't get to a finals this year. It, they just look too good. It's funny you mentioned Milwaukee. They'll, I think they'll be an interesting matchup for Philly if they ever meet in the playoffs. Because what's it? Milwaukee's going to be better once uh, once Drew Holiday gets gets healthier. That's a that's a big piece for them. And the thought of of Simmons versus Holiday and then Embiid versus uh, versus Giannis is interesting. But yeah, I don't I don't hate Philly in third right now. I think they're. I mean. It's, Record-wise, they're the best team in the East, I believe, still. Um, yep. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. it my worry is that – well, Embiid is playing MB, MVP-level basketball. My worry is that he's already kind of sort of hampered a little bit by a back issue kind of day-to-day. So, I, I don't know if I want him carrying the entire load the rest of the way through the season. So, that's a little mm-hmm. bit of a worry. He's been – if you watch them over the past – last year especially in the bubble when he had to do everything in the second half of games and later in that playoff series he just he had nothing left the guy the guy was worn out so i, I don't for if i'm a if i'm a sixers fan i don't want that happening again this season i don't want him having to drop 30 and 12 every night for us to have a chance to win like you need you need simmons and you need those other guys to come to play well, I, th- I think to your point though that's why they brought curry over because that's a guy that that can pull up and, oh, and, sure. and give you 12 to 15 maybe 20 points a night depending on on how how much you give him yeah the other side of it too is like this is the first year though that i've seen all of joel and beats tools very well sharpened He's, there have yeah. been years where there have been years in the past where we've been like okay so he can get to the rim fine but he doesn't want to bang under the under the rim cool okay he can get to the rim but he doesn't shoot that well awful and now all of a sudden you're seeing him pull up from 20 22 he can hit the jumper he's getting to the rim he's getting fouled which is very important um and he's like imposing his will on games which is one thing that we haven't seen Joel Embiid do maybe ever in his career right like that's the 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 biggest comparison between him and and Giannis is that Giannis can impose his will on the game by running at you at full speed spinning left or right and then getting to the rim but if you shut Giannis down like it, it won't work Joel has found the other things that make it work for him is, um, and that's fun. where I'm like I'm really impressed. I like that you mentioned getting the foul line. Like I, I think I've watched quite a few Sixers games this season. I think that's the thing that's most impressed. He, the stuff he's doing now, he always had it. He just never really, he never consistently put all of it together at one time. The biggest right. growth that I've seen from him as a player and as a force really is being able to get to the foul line. Like. I know it's boring. I know a bunch of free throws in the game are boring, but the ability to get to a foul line is is such a wonderful talent to have in the NBA. Some guy Harden is maybe the best in the league at it. Yeah, he gets some superstar calls, but he also knows how to put himself in a position to get those calls. Jimmy Butler, fantastic at it. He doesn't necessarily get the James Harden calls, but whenever his team needs a bucket, he knows exactly what to do to get himself to the free throw line and get and get a couple points on the board for his team. Embiid is learning that. Yep. And that's something that, like, not not even the biggest superstars ever ever gain that really. Like, 
Giannis will get fouled, but it's because he's so big and just drives in full speed. And, like, he'll get calls sometimes. And then he misses a free throw anyway. LeBron will get right. fouled because he just bull rushes into, you know, into the paint. And he'll get the superstar calls. And then if he doesn't, he just stands there and wastes a defensive possession, screaming to the ref, uh, wondering why he didn't get a call. Like, Take it easy, bro. <laughs> they don't necessarily have... They can't just go get a foul whenever they want, and that's that's a weird that's a weird thing to call a talent, but it's very much a talent in the NBA and Dude, very much an if, important talent in the NBA. If you can't get a shot going, it's very good for you to be able to to get to the line because you know I, I, I Scottie Pippen was was a prime example of if the shot wasn't falling, he'd get to the line, and at least you'd pa- not pad your stats, but you'd be able to at least get yourself you know into a rhythm, hitting shots, getting looks, three points, man. And and that's what made Shaq so infuriating as a player, right? Like he'd get free looks and he would still fucking miss them. So, um, yeah, I mean, for guys yeah. like it's to see the ball go in the basket is is really really good thing. for guys who can shoot. For for Embiid, it's just, I mean, he can shoot the three a little bit, but for Embiid, the biggest thing was like that's kind of what he was missing. Like he was a big guy who didn't feel as dominant in the paint because he wouldn't bully these smaller matchups. He wouldn't push him down in the paint. He wouldn't get the and ones. He wouldn't. You know, if he if he turns and, and, and misses the shot, he wouldn't still get the foul and two free throws out of it. But now he's put all that together and he's getting those free throws. He's he's frustrating defenders, he's bullying the smaller guys in the paint. Like he's doing all the things that he wouldn't do before. And it's uh, to see his game come together the way it has, like he's he is absolutely in the MVP conversation this season. Yeah. Um in fourth, we have the LA Clippers, who they're fine. I mean, you know, the, the the Clips provide us with uh, a 117 offensive rating, 110 defensive rating, a six and a half. Um, Paul George, listen, he's looked a lot better. Um, he's looked way better than he did. Uh, I know he, he said some dumb shit before the season started. He was like, <laughs> I'm back to my NBA or MVP season. And I was like, bro, you never won an MVP. You were close. Yeah, he's, he's played like the top of his game this season. No, I'll give him that. I mean, you know, call me when the playoffs well, start. But Bingo. That's it, the same yeah. thing. Let me know when Playoff P shows up again, and that's yeah. going to just fall right yeah. out. Call, call me when um, the playoffs start, bro. But if, if there is one thing that's true about the Clippers, though, is, and, and, and these reports came later on after the bubble, a lot of that had to do with the fact that those dudes were just burnt out. Like, they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to play the games. I think they were there to earn the checks that, that, that led them, you know, to – to get to where they needed to be. Um, but I'm, I mean, listen, I'm impressed. I think um, Morris plus George plus Kawhi is, has been interesting. Um, I don't know if it's just me. I'm, I think Kawhi's starting to slow down a little bit. He's starting to hit his old head phase in the NBA a little bit. Like I, I see him running with his back straight a little bit too much. And that, that lets me know that he's an old head all of a sudden, because that back must be hurting a little bit. Um, but I mean, I could, you know, I see them as a four seed or a, as a, a four or five seed right now in terms of like, you know, the top teams in the NBA, like all things considered. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, what are your thoughts on them? I still think they're a major threat in the West when, when healthy, you know, when their whole team's together, I think they're a major threat. If, if Paul George shows up for the playoffs, then they're a major threat. I agree with you. Like Kawhi's always been a really slow player as in. He plays at a slow, you know, the old cliche of like, this guy plays at his own pace. Yeah. That means you're slow. You play really yeah. slowly and that's Kawhi. He's always done that. And that's fine. That's, that's how he's always excelled. And I agree. It's a little bit slower now, 
So you kind of worry if part of you kind of worries if some of these little nagging injuries are catching up over time and all this and all that. But the other part is like, well, they do the whole maintenance load maintenance with him and all this other shit throughout the season anyway. So like until I see that he can't, I'm going to probably safely assume that come playoff time and a, you know, seven game series, he if, can. If, yeah, he'll turn it on and be the best player on the court whenever he wants to be. Um, so until I see that he can't, I'm going to assume that he can. So I, I think the Clippers are a legit threat out West. I I don't, man, the way the Lakers and the Jazz are playing, I don't know if the Clippers are that good, but they're, they're, they're good. They'll be a threat. They'll be a threat. It'll, it'll be, it'll, it'll, take, it'll be enough. It'll take George and Leonard, like just going ape shit in the playoffs for them to go for them to keep progressing and get to a Western Conference Finals or, or even the, the NBA Finals, I think. Yep. Uh, in fifth, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we had a lot of interesting feelings about the Nets before the God season started. <laughs> uh, I have, I have, listen, man, I have a tough time, but th- this is how it goes. And this is what's really fun. So here's the stat, right? Offensive rating of 117.8. Defensive rating of 114 flat. That's a plus 3.7. They will be the team that gets beat in the playoff first that everyone's surprised it got beat. Here's the thing. Joe Harris, Kyrie, KD, and Harden are playing some great basketball. Collectively and offensively, they're playing great basketball. Um, The problem is is that DeAndre Jordan is not that good anymore because he's old as shit. Um, Boy, he does look just washed. so bad. Yeah, Jeff Green doesn't look too good either. So they're gonna have to go out and get Andre Drummond. There's no doubt about it. They're like, a potential they, they, boogie. They're a potential boogie destination too. I think. Sure, but I think Andre Drummond's a better fit for the Brooklyn Nets in terms of their long term plans. Because there's no way that all three. Of the- three of those guys longer than two years i don't years know if they have long i think their plan is win a title this year and then next year we'll figure it out and try to win a title again like i think i think their plan is year to year i don't think they're worried about long I, clearly they're not worried about long term they shipped jared allen away and the, the right but in that you know the spot of most need for them so well they shipped jared allen away because they had the chance to get a transcendent superstar and and you always take that risk which i understand yeah and i understand that but this team, I mean, they're the fourth or fifth best team in the NBA right now, and and it's 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 shitty to watch them play. Like I fucking hate it. It's it's very annoying. James Harden, Kyrie, and Joe Harris all combined for an effective field goal percentage of sixty-seven percent over a five-game period. Do you know how obscene that is? They literally 67? every every Nets game is a fucking all-star game. Nobody plays defense, and they just chuck threes. <laughs> I mean, so here's the last statistic that I'm going to throw at you for why I'm also giving them the spot. It's not just because of the record, right? 20 and 12 is, um, but it's also because here's a fun one. The Nets scored over a five game period, right? Uh, which included wins over the Warriors, Suns, Lakers, and Clippers, as well as one win over the jazz. Uh, they scored an amazing 125 points per hundred possessions. That's, that's absurd. fucking obscene. Yeah. That's obscene, dude. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, I, I you know, we're going to talk about it all the way through going into the fucking playoffs. And it's going to be very annoying for us to talk about, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Um, I still think they so, get beat though in the playoffs. A hundred percent. I might be, I might 100%. be wrong. And like they have, they have, they have two transcendent superstars and, and another at least upper echelon star. 
they're going to have the best offense in the league. They'll be able to. There's nights where the three of them will score 35 each and they'll win. Uh, but they're also at some point in the playoffs likely going to run up against a Sixers team with Embiid, Simmons, Tybull, um, and Tobias Harris, who can all defend. Yep. Uh, they're going to run up against a Miami with Adebayo, Butler, uh, healthy Avery Bradley. Uh, Precious, who wants to who wants uh, to bang against everybody? Yeah, ch- yeah, with the, yeah, and they have yeah, that's a good point. They have a solid bench unit. Who you know, Brooklyn has nothing on the bench, so Miami be able to gain some right. points there. But like, they're going to run up against one of these teams that have guys who can not shut down a superstar, but can slow down a superstar. Uh, like for I, LeBron's not KD anymore, but the Lakers look at the Lakers Heat game from this past weekend as an example. Adebayo effectively pretty much shut down LeBron anytime they were guarding him. I think LeBron shot like one of eight or two of eight. Yep. When Adebayo was the main, uh, when Adebayo was the the primary defender on him, like they're gonna have a tough time against these teams that can defend. I, I don't know if either of those teams can actually score. Like shots are gonna fall for Brooklyn, so I don't know if either of those teams can score enough, but. They're they're not just gonna walk through the East like some people think. They're gonna run up into some tough tough matchups because they have no depth and because they can't defend anything. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, in sixth place at twenty and ten, the Phoenix Suns. Um, I'm gonna get hammered for this because everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Milwaukee should be over." The- Fuck, no, dude, I'm on the Suns train. Fuck that. Let's no, go. No, they shouldn't. <laughs> Yo, Monty Williams, whatever the fuck he's doing with Frank Kaminsky, it's working. I love it. Um. They have three lineups that they primarily use, which I love. Um, it's it's four permanent starters and then, like, three different guys on the floor. Kaminsky is one of those guys. Um, it, I, they're just good. Like, they get it. They understand. They play hard together. Devin Book seems like he's on a fucking night every mission to prove that he is maybe maybe the best player in the West. And he's like, terrifying, or, or, right? Like he he doesn't score like high volume every night because he doesn't have to. But look at his efficiency numbers, and then look at the fact that he can come get forty if he needs to. Like, oh, bro, he's he is terrifying. He's the, he's the quintessential baller. Like if you played on, like if, if anyone ever pick up a guy that make that you want to play with, like he is so much fun because like you know he can get to the rim nine times out of ten. But he's also the first guy to drive and dish or like look for open people. Like the way that him and Chris Paul have worked, worked the point, and I think Booker now is is operating more out of a shooting guard position as opposed to like a traditional point guard, which I like. Um, it's been really good. And then like you add Aiton in there, who that pick and roll offense that they run, which is almost like a double pick and roll, which is basically like CP3 will run through Aiton, Aiton rolls to the rim. If it's not there, he dishes to Booker. Booker and Aiton rerun the pick and roll. And then they look for it again. And if, like, Aiton's not open, then they dish. Like, it, it's very intelligent what they're doing. I think Monty Williams deserves a lot of credit with that squad. Like, they could come or they could fuck around and upset a couple fucking NBA uh, they, Western Conference They could. Team. We were actually texting like, about this not that long ago. I don't know if you remember. But, like, yeah. Aiton, Aiton's progression as a player has been wonderful. And I think Chris Paul deserves probably a lot of credit for that. Monty Williams, too, because, like, I, I, I never thought I would come into any basketball season and think, Wow, Frank Kaminsky has become a key player for the team he's on. Uh, like that's a, that's absurd for me not, to say. Not never. 
<laughs> but also, like we were texting about Phoenix in, in regards of maybe being able to upset someone in a playoff series. They have a couple dogs, and you need some dogs when it comes to the playoffs. They have Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. They don't back down from anybody. They step up in big moments. Like you saw Jay Crowder shot uh, like lights out in the playoffs for Miami last season just for no reason. And Chris yeah. Paul is Chris Paul. The man is even though he's aging, he's not aging on the floor somehow. Like I have I have the Clippers circled on my list as the team that Phoenix bounces. That's uh, like cuz that matchup is, is, is it's a problem for it's a problem for the Clippers. Like the Lakers They'll steal a game or two away from the from the Lakers, 100%. Utah would be fun to watch Aiton and Gobert go at it. I don't know if they they'll, they'll take a game. I don't know if it if they get swept. But like the Clippers, mm, I think that's one of those games where like shit shit goes sideways for them very quickly. Um, in eighth, I have is that eight? One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six. I'm sorry. In seventh, I have the Bucks. I'll give you I'll give you my top ten just to make life interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe some honorable mentions. Um, in seventh, I have the Bucks, eighteen and thirteen or nineteen and thirteen, whatever the fuck the record is. They're awful. Um, eighteen and thirteen. Uh, their offensive rating is one seventeen. Their defense rating, or you know, is one ten. That's seven and seven point three per night, which is a good good balance. Um, it's hard to replace Drew Holiday. We understand that. Chris Middleton looks like he does not know who the fuck he is anymore. He seems like he's one of those guys from um, uh, from Space Jam, like one of those monsters, like stole his powers and shit. Like that's what he looks like right now. Um, and I think, I think it's time for us to all be honest with ourselves. Giannis is not very good. This is what he is, bro. I've been preaching this since the playoffs last season. He's an he's this an athletic ex- dude who's just the tallest, fastest guy on the floor. He has one trick, and that's sprint to the rim, spin, or euro step, and try to score or dunk. Like, that's it. That's what he's got. If you stop that and shut off the paint, that's it. He doesn't know what to do. The offense stalls. The team stalls. He stalls. You shut the paint off from him, that's it. You win. I am under the impression that... Giannis is going to be one of those guys that we're going to look at in 10 years and be like, great player, superstar, didn't win a championship for a reason. And the reason is, number one, he's he, he's committed his career to Milwaukee, uh, 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 for the most part, a place that will never be able to pick up a real second or third superstar. Let's get that out of the fucking way. Like, no one's going to want to go and play in Milwaukee, right? Um, and also, more importantly to your point like he hasn't grown he has not matured he has not changed as a player he's gotten stronger yes he's gotten faster yes he can do more things getting to the rim but i watched Giannis over a two-week period maybe out of 100 possessions drive to the rim 80 of them spin left or right either get fouled or make a ridiculous shot or fucking yam on somebody and then when it doesn't go it's when they're down eight in the fourth and you need those buckets with two minutes to go you need them and he just he, he's not that guy like you need to get him a point guard, like a real point guard, not a Drew Holiday. Like I, lo- I love Drew Holiday, but get him a Halliburton, get him, get him a Sexton, get him a John Morant, get him someone that can help him get to the rim. That also scares you. You know what I mean? Like run, pick and roll, do real shit with fucking Giannis, because this isn't working. Like this has been awful. For I don't, him. I don't think it's hot. Like I think Holiday's fantastic. I think he's a he's a great pairing with Giannis. I think the problem is Middleton and the rest of the guys. Like who scares you with that team? 
Why would last you not, year Chris Middleton not, not anymore though? Yeah, sure. why would you not pack the paint and block Giannis off? Because who is Divincenzo scaring you from the corner? I don't think so. <laughs> like, what are you and afraid of that, with that team? That's the part that's really fucking me up. Is like they. I mean, listen, fuck Villanova. You know, I'm a Seton Hall basketball fan. Like. Dante DiVincenzo is a piece of shit. I watched him play in college. He was he was he was a mediocre NBA player or a mediocre college player. Like he hit shots when you needed to. Jalen Brunson, who plays on the Mavericks, hit shots when he needed to. Was a good floor general in college. Both of these guys are middling and 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 I would say sub middling fucking NBA players. And I don't understand how they continue to get these chances on these teams. Like DiVincenzo had to go last year. Like I I watched him in the bubble and I watched him miss more shots than any other player on that fucking court multiple times. Um. So I, I agree with you. And then the other side of it is what? Bryn Forbes is the guy you're scared of? Like, the fuck's no, up Bryn I'm, Forbes? I'm good. I think I'll block Giannis off in the paint. We'll let them Yeah, shoot. exactly. And that's, that's, yeah, what, I, that's exactly – go back and watch that Miami series from the bubble. Like, that's exactly what they did. They had three and four guys just blocking the paint for Giannis. They didn't give a shit who shot from outside because no one scares them. Yep, I agree. Um, in eighth place, we have the Portland Trailblazers who are having – Actually, let me rephrase that. The Portland Dame Lillards are having the <laughs> most insane fucking season I think I've ever seen a superstar put together. Um, they're 115 offensive, 115 defensive, which is where they get burned. Uh, the difference net rating per night is 0.4, so it's plus 0.4 in their favor. Um, listen, real shit. It's hard to be without um, Nurkic and, and fucking CJ McCollum. Especially when CJ McCollum came out as hot as he did to start the season. Oh man, yeah. Uh, my fantasy team is still hurting as a result of having AD <laughs> and CJ McCollum. So like I, you know, I get it. Um, but for them to be fifth in the West right now is, I mean, incredible. Like we thought Steph Curry had a bad team in Golden State, but like, nah, bro, this team has less. And I think, I, I mean, I, I just think that. Dame Lillard is just he, he's he's playing out of his mind and, and he is maybe maybe I would say the best point guard in the league yeah I mean he's getting some help from guys like Trent but do you tell me Gary Trent's helping them yeah he's a solid on, yeah come, he's been pretty solid come, for him so far bro look bro. I'm not he's not replacing CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic like it it's just not gonna happen but uh, you know given the situation they could do much worse sure i mean they could have gary I, I, temple I, coming off the bench or, or in the starting lineup like the bulls do right now with laurie marking it out <laughs> like things could rough. be worse for rough. portland i mean yeah it's, it's nice to have gary and, and enos Cantor. like the two of them have looked very oh, good yeah together. and Cantor's like, yeah, he's, and Cantor. he's always been a solid he's not going to dominate yeah. a game but he's always been a solid 12 and 10 guy uh, among 32 lineups that have played uh, at least 100 minutes, uh, the one with uh, Enos Cantor, Gary Trent, and Dame Lillard um, ranks first in effect, uh, effective field goal percentage. Trent shoots 19 for 30 from three-point range, second in turnover rate, which is just 7.9 per 100 possessions, and fourth in offensive rebounding percentage. Cantor grabbing more than 12% of the available offensive boards. I mean, they're just – they put it together. They put it together. They're fighting. When CJ comes back after the All-Star break, that team might make a run, um, and I will be very scared to see what they do. Um, I love this team. And, and, and by the way, like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, I, I mean, 
behind the Lakers, this might be my second favorite team in the NBA. Like, I would ride for Portland in a playoff series all day, every day. I actually thought they could be an upset candidate last year playing the Lakers until Dan mm-hmm. got hurt in, like, game two or mm-hmm. whatever that was. So, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. And, and I think they're a better team this season than they were last season, especially once if they have Nurkic back along with, of course, with McCollum healthy. But they didn't have Nurkic at all last season. So, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I think they, they're a better team now, healthy. So, yeah, it'll be fun to watch them as long as they can, you know, stay in the running and, and, and make the playoffs. All right. In ninth place, and this is where shit just gets weird, right? Uh, we kind of fall off a, of a cliff here, right? So, like, after eight, so essentially imagine it is eight teams from the Eastern and Western Conference that do not have to play a playoff, like, a, uh, do not have to play the first round of the playoffs. Let's say if we had to fuck around and make, like, some new NBA structure. These eight teams don't have to play. After that, it's because the bottom has fallen out on this fucking league. But in eighth place, you have the Spurs. Woof. In ninth place, you have the Pacers. And in 10th, and this is where, like, it's, it's, it's essentially a draw. It's either the Nuggets or the Raptors for me. Yeah, it's weird how after, like, the top couple teams in each conference, record-wise right now, it's just a jumble of a bunch of teams on both sides. Like the East, you have all you have like nine or ten different teams all within a game and a half of each other. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's like Celtics, Pacers, want, Raptors, Heat, uh, Knicks are in there. Yeah. Like there, there's so many teams that are just in there. <laughs> well, I just wanted to. So since I mentioned it, I wanted to throw out a couple honorable mentions. Um, the Knicks and the, the Knicks, the Knicks and the Raptors. The Raptors were essentially in tenth place as of what, like three and a half weeks ago, and they've climbed all the way back up to fifth. So I got to give them credit there. They're also one of those teams that I'm going to s- assume they sell during this NBA during the the, the trade deadline. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to deal players and make some moves in order to make this team a little bit more either competitive or more valuable a year from now. Um, the Knicks deserve a lot of credit. Julius Randle. Emmanuel quickly. Uh, I'm still on the fucking Knicks train. If they make the playoffs this year, I don't think they're beating anybody, but they're definitely winning a couple games off of somebody. Um, and it'll be wa- fun to watch Julius Randle just bang against either Joel Embiid or like try to guard the fucking Ky- KD or or whoever the fuck they get in there. I don't round. think it'll be fun for Randle. <laughs> no, definitely not. But you know what? He hasn't been to the playoffs since he got into the fucking. That's G- true. Give the kid a chance. On the other side, um, you have the Nuggets, Warriors, and Spurs. Um, I, I just want to get in get into this with you real quick. Um, I'm sick and tired of, Sp- of fucking Steph talk, bro. Like, I, I, he's good. We get it. He's been good for years. But every time he fucking puts up 35, it doesn't. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. Dame Lillard does it better. And, and does it on a team that's actually more successful right now. KD, Kyrie, and fucking James Harden are doing it regularly, playing with, like, friends. LeBron does it for fun. AD does it for fun. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this team sucks. I don't want to watch them. I don't want the I don't want ESPN to put them on on Thursday night. Like, I'm just sick of it. Like, it, just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't – see, I disagree. I don't think Dame – well, I mean, Dame is Dame. That dude is so fun to watch and, and one of the top guards – in the NBA, but I think the thing with Steph is when he's on, I don't know if there's a more fun player in basketball to watch than Steph Curry. Throw in the fact that he hasn't really been around for like a year and a half, so people people aren't fatigued of him hitting a game winner once a week like Dame does. 
people have some people you know they've kind of forgotten and then there was always the question of well Steph always had these great teams is he really the guy who could carry a not so great team and like for him to come back this season be healthy and be doing the things he is to show that he is the guy who can still do all those things I think that's playing a lot into the the hype train the Steph hype train right now like also the thing of like not having him the past year and a half or so was very much very much like less fun for the NBA. So having I, him talked about like, this. People yeah, people are like the appreciation factor is there now with Steph. So like but, people but I don't, know I, he doesn't have like you, you don't get but so many years as an athlete period, but then you don't get but so many years at the top of your game the way Steph is still right now and I think people are like okay, well, you know, we didn't have him for the past year and a half and now we have this guy dropping 30 a night and shimmying all over the court and like running and jumping and, and doing all the stuff that makes basketball fun so let's appreciate it while it's here I, I i agree with that last point but here's here's the thing um steph uh, which i guess is actually the perfect transition for us to, to talk about this this next topic which is the nba all-star game the reason that he wasn't in the league for a year He's on a fucking middling Western Conference team. They're on the eighth seed right now, like literally on the bubble. That doesn't give them or anyone really the right to be like, oh, because of fatigue, he should be the starting point guard for the fucking all-star team. Like the, it's like, I always talk about this with like the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good, right? And Steph Curry is playing very good uh but dame lillard is playing out of his fucking mind he literally took shrooms and or acid and is tripping <laughs> balls right now imagining hitting what is it like 18 fucking game winning shots over the last like 20 games or whatever like that's just what he's been doing um you 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 can't you can't have it this way um and and it's just i don't know every time fucking steph curry takes a shit espn or people are on Twitter are losing their goddamn minds. Like that was the greatest shit of all time. And it's just, it's just very frustrating to me. Cause I, I love the guy. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's changed the NBA in, in a numerable amount of ways, but like, I don't really give a fuck all that much until your team is good. What can I say? Yeah. They have, what can I say? they have, uh, I'm looking at the, comparing the stats now and they're very, very, very close. They're both Dame and Steph are both dropping 30. Uh, Dame's got eight assists, four rebounds. Steph's at like seven and six or something like that. Um, Steph's got a what's the plus minus? Steph's got an effective field goal percentage of over sixty percent, which is absurd. And Dame's is, is that is just, obscene. just under fifty-five. Like they're they're very. Uh, let's see. Yeah, even even their uh, even their efficiency rating is is right around twenty-five, twenty-six for both players. Uh, win shares both <laughs> right around right at four and a half. Like uh, they're 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 equal players, almost like identical stat wise this season. So I, I don't think I would mind either one starting or being in like whatever. But I I think a lot of the things I mentioned before, plus the fact that the Northwest is always kind of ignored in terms of sports teams, right? Like Golden State's going to get more publicity. He's going to be in the spotlight much more than Dame. Like it's just kind of the way yeah, sports it's is. They dropped, it's because <laughs> the fucking, what's it called guys? The, 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 
the the hedge fund and tech guys drop so much fucking money into that goddamn <laughs> team that they're like, we have to make it cool. Meanwhile, people in San Francisco are literally getting kicked out of their fucking homes and starving and, and killing themselves of drugs. But like, that's a conversation for a different day, <laughs> I guess. Um, let's talk about the All Star Game. Uh, it's gonna be a disaster because it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, um, well, it'll happen. They're, they said it, and there's too much money in it. It'll happen. I don't necessarily think it should happen, but it'll happen. I guess. Uh, as of right now, for the West, it looks like it'll. Why Leonard, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic <laughs> starting uh, for the West. For the East, it looks like it'll be Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, the full full options for the squad for the West are very interesting. Um, AD, Paul George, Zion, Brandon, Christian, Rudy Gobert, and Carmelo Anthony were some of the front court options for the West and the backcourt options for the West also included Dame Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, John Morant, Chris Paul, Shea Gill, Chris Alexander, CJ McCollum, and DeMar DeRozan. Um, how can I say this nicely? Uh, let me get it out of the way for you. I like, I don't pay that much attention to this because it's, it is strictly a popularity contest and there's always mm-hmm. like two or three guys who get in who have no business getting in. Like, why is Carmelo Anthony even on a list? For example, popularity contest. Uh, like, uh, why is Christian Wood on the list? Uh, oh, I don't. I actually, sorry. Don't, I actually don't have a problem. Why with is Christian Demar Derozan on the list? Oh yeah, that's a good. Why is Demar Derozan <laughs> on the list? Uh, uh, uh. All right, so let's go to the Eastern Conference. Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Grant, and Gordon Haywood. All right, here. Let me tell you something. Out of all the guys that aren't starting, the only guy that won or two guys that deserve to be there one thousand percent are Sabonis and Bam Adebayo. Sabonis is playing like top five basketball right now. I think Randall should be he there is, too. Yeah, maybe in third place. Uh, yeah, I, third I would. Place. Yeah, I wouldn't put him above those guys. I just, I, I just think he should be there. I, I'm just whatever. And then the backcourt is. Uh, backcourt non-selections were Harden, Levine, Brown, Trey Young, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, Fred Van Fleet, and Collins. Sexy pants. Um, why is Russell Westbrook on there? He sucks. Popularity, bro. The NBA All-Star <laughs> voting is a popularity contest. I mean, all All-Star <laughs> fan voting is popularity contest. Like Russell Westbrook is averaging like ten and seven, and he's shooting like eight percent from the field. Like. He shouldn't even be eligible for the ballot. I just, I really, I, like the All-Star game for me is such a waste of fun because it, number one, how little fans know. And then number two, and more importantly, how little the NBA gives a fuck about anything other than making money. Um, it is so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I, like I think they are legitimately trying to keep it safe and find a balance, but yeah, like uh, doing the all star is strictly to please their TV money dealers. One hundred percent. There's yeah, no doubt about I, I, it. That, that that's really the only reason for the all star game is to please the network to you know keep your TV deals as profitable as possible. But yeah, if if you're right. listening and you don't think that NBA fans don't know shit, go look at like the Facebook page or the forum for your favorite team. 
Just read like ten comments. Don't read Go any more Twitter. than that because you want to keep your. Go sanity. to Twitter. Yeah, just just read like ten comments. I see all the Go time. To Twitter. All the time on like Miami Heat forums, people are like, "Let's trade Kelly Olynyk and Iguodala and a second round pick for, for like Bradley Beal." What? And I'm like, you guys are on drugs. There are people that are like, oh, we should we should sign Boogie now since he's 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 you know they waived him and and we got the exception for Myers Leonard and whatnot, which yes we should. Uh, but then they also throw in, yeah, and then we should go out and get a guy like Beal. I'm like, do you understand what it takes to get a a, a a bona fide superstar in the NBA? You can't trade your scraps and just say fuck any salary cap rules and go get any superstar you want at any time just because your team like your team would be better because you have him. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And 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 the part that's really frustrating too is the fact that most casual fans will out like they'll look you in the face and they'll be like, "Well, you should just go out and get the best talent available." I hate to say this. No shit. I hate, it doesn't always I work that way. <laughs> no shit. Exactly. That was going to be my point. Like, think about it. Like, people being like, oh, you need to go out and get Bradley Beal. Do you know who's going to go out and get Bradley yeah, Fucking everybody if they could, but they can't. A, the Wizards have to be willing to trade him. B, you have to have enough to trade for him. C, you have to afford his big-ass contract. And then the next big-ass contract. Like, I, three... All right, so before we move on to the next last, next and final segment, three things that I want to – three places where I think Bradley Beal ends up. Ready? Uh, Oklahoma City. You can laugh at that one, but I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Oklahoma City. What are you drinking over there? Uh, <laughs> Copper Dog Scotch and some, some Bud Light Platties, buddy. Um, but no, they have, dude. They have more than enough to give to Oklahoma City to bring them in. Well, yeah, I, Oklahoma City can. They have enough to get anybody. But why would? Why? Why would anyone uh, go there right now if they can't pair him with someone else? Because they know that if they stick around for a year, there's still going to be enough young players to build some around. And Shea looks good. They don't have like, any. They they have nothing. Other than SGA, they have absolutely nothing. They are they Beal are pl- rock bottom right now. <laughs> SGA plus Beal plus one more, I think you can I mean, you can get it to work. You'd have to. You're hoarding. Out, you'd have bro, to you're bring hoarding in another, fifteen picks. You'd ha- like you'd have to bring in another bona fide superstar, and then you'd have to fill out a pretty good roster around. Like, you would literally have to pitch him to be like, listen, this is going to be a fantasy draft for you. You come here, it's you SGA, and then. Nothing else. So we're starting from nothing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, think, I don't I mean, think he's buying that, man. You're also talking – I mean, it, but like you said, he, they're trading for him. I don't think he has a fucking choice one way or another if the yeah, trade I goes. I don't actually know if he has a no trade or, or anything. like. I don't yeah. Even, yeah, I don't know if he has I don't any think he say does. in the matter. Uh, so first of which is Oklahoma City. Second of which is going to be Boston. Boston um, – I, I think Boston uh, could do it. I don't think so. I think Boston has enough little pieces and they have the cap room to do it. And last, or I'm sorry, two more. Uh, Toronto would be the third one for me that I think could definitely go out and get Bradley Beal. And then last but not least, Sacramento could very easily and very quickly flip. Like they could do the most Sacramento thing and be like Halliburton, the, 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 whoever else go. And, and they would make the move for him. If I were a smart team, like the Pelicans, I would give up Lonzo picks fucking, whatever you want except for ingram 
and Zion for for Bradley to come over. Um, but that's not going to happen. No, you'd have to give up so many picks. So yeah, well, that's why I think OKC, OKC has the best chance. They literally can mortgage. They could tell Washington that they could mortgage the house I think, on this well, entire deal. OKC doesn't have the other part though. So like Washington's going to want a Harden esque trade package for Beal. Like they're going to want three or four picks, and they're going to want a player, a young player, who's ready to carry a team right now. Houston got that in Christian Wood, along with you know some picks and all they got. But I don't think there's a team out there that that has the ammo for for Beal now that can pay you know that can cover his contract and still keep a championship contending team intact I mean I think we're going to have to it's it's going to turn into a wait and see and for I have a suspicion that someone we're someone's going to find the will and the way to make it work for for both of these teams uh for for both teams and 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 it's going to be I mean it might be one of those like outlier teams that makes a move like fucking san antonio but like i don't think it's gonna make the impact that those guys wanted to make immediately you know what i mean yeah i mean like for example like i don't know how true this is but from a lot of the reports when when miami was kind of kicking the tires on on beal um to put in with with butler and Adebayo, washington wanted something to the tune of hero and duncan robinson uh and probably kendrick nunn plus whatever other salaries like a Linux they needed to make it work and future picks and it's like well well the fuck's left what are you gonna send three yeah. guys out there <laughs> yeah no it's true it's true i i mean I, listen, don't get me wrong the, the starting lineup of of dragic beal butler Adebayo, and literally anybody else is strong but oh, it's very powerful but what's very left? powerful joe rogan uh, they'd be in a net situation, but minus Kevin Durant, the Nets can mm. the Nets can live with their situation because they have Harden and Durant. Like Beal, Dragic, Butler, Adebayo is not Harden and Durant. It's fair. All right, last segment. We're halfway through the year. We have rookies that have been playing for an entire half year. The draft order went for the top five. Anthony Edwards from Georgia went to Minnesota. James Wiseman from Memphis went to. Golden State Warriors. LaMelo Ball from Fuck Off University went to Charlotte. Patrick Williams from Florida State went to Chicago. And Isaac Okoro from Auburn went to Cleveland. If you had to redraft the top five today, and and I think we need to probably edit or re-edit this a little bit to to do an expansion on like the top five. Maybe I'll give us the top ten. How's that sound? Make life easier. All right, so the top ten. At five, you had Okoro to Cleveland. You had uh, Onyekwa Ongongu to Atlanta, Killian Hayes to Detroit, Obi Toppin to the Knicks, Denny Avdija to Washington, and then Jalen Smith to Phoenix. Uh, if we had to redraft, um, Lamelo's one to re- hands down. I would disagree. See, we're already fighting on this one. Uh, Lamelo's rookie of the year. He, like he's already won rookie of the year. It's Halliburton or Edwards. The most win shares in the though? NBA, right? He was. He was three. Um, but Halliburton Wait, beats Halliburton him on win was? shares. No, 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 no. Uh, Lamelo was three. Halliburton fell all the way to like fucking twelve. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was further back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're doing the whole draft, yeah, Hallib- I got Hall- Halliburton would probably be in my top three, maybe. 
Uh, I still think I go Ball, Wiseman, and then maybe Halliburton. Okay. I, think. I mean, so if we if we remove the restriction of the top ten, if I were to redraft or like redraft today, um, the if I was to redraft it today, I think I would go. Anthony Edwards is still my number one overall pick. Uh, I would go Halliburton, Lamelo, quickly, who was picked at twenty five. Patrick Williams, who was picked at four. Um, Cole Anthony, who was at fifteen. Sadiq Bay. Who was picked at 19? Tyrese Maxey was at 21. James Wiseman, who was at two, and then Desmond Bain, um, who was at uh, Desmond Bain was 30. That would be my top 10. Um, and it's it's hard for you to go off of these. Um, it, it's hard because I mean, yeah, it's halfway through a rookie season, but a majority of the guys that I just mentioned have played a minimum, minimum. Of twenty games, um, I think I go. Which, I think I go. Lamelo, Lamelo, Wiseman. Three's tough. I, I Halliburton. I guess. Toppin. He's been really. It took him a while to get going, but he's been somewhat solid recently against the Knicks. Uh, at five, I. Th- think cole anthony do you know that obi's barely scored 100 points in the league right now and then i go edwards like he literally like obi Toppin has 100 points in the nba right now he's played a total of 21 games and he has played a total of 249 minutes well he had, i mean before the mitch robinson injury like he's it's not like he's getting a the way julius randall's playing it's not like Toppin's getting a bunch of minutes like per game You'd expect him at least on a team like that to be a rotation guy. Yeah, like maybe, rotation maybe I go guy. Edwards over. I, I'm yeah, I think I probably go Edwards over Cole Anthony, but I also have Achua in my top ten. Granted, so I'm bi- like, granted, I'm biased. I watch the guy every night. Like I, you know, I, but I, I think I, I think I go Achua in the top ten um, there too. Precious Obvious has been pretty good one. for the Wizards too. So Avdija, so Avdija is kind of a frustrating one because. He, I thought he was going to be a better three-point shooter than what he is. Um, and I mean, granted, he's still shooting at a what is it? I think I, I just had it up here. Um, he's shooting at a goddamn at a forty. Oh, never mind. I lied. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. He's shooting at a thirty-eight percent. I thought he was a little bit better of a three-point shooter. His field goals are at forty-four percent, which whatever. Not a lot of assists. Uh, not a lot of turnovers, which is good for him too, but also not a lot of points. Um, and I'm sure it's hard to share a ball with Bradley Beal and fucking um, uh, Mr. Go to the Rim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Go to the Rim Westbrook. So I get it. But I, you know, I'll have to be honest. This 2020 class, man, fucking impressive. Like really impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm kind of holding out that most of these guys, at least the top 20 guys, are going to be fairly successful in the NBA. I think so. It seems that way. I mean, at least. Uh, yeah, it seems that way. At the very least, even if they're not starters or, or or possible stars, like they, a lot of them seem to be decent rotation guys. Yeah, more than serviceable. I, I mean, I would actually better, uh, better than Kyle Kuzma. So that's uh, <laughs> if that's if that's the standard, it's to be better than Kyle Kuzma. Then you guys are doing great because you might also deal your way to a fucking ring 
uh, unlike uh, like, well, or like Kyle Kuzma, but you know, the difference between you guys and Kyle Kuzma is that you guys aren't frauds. So that's, that's what's up. <laughs> um, that's all I got for tonight, man. It's so good to be back and talking shit about basketball. Um, I think uh, we have a surprise episode at sometime in April for the listeners. Uh, that's going to involve a 40 a person home. Oh my God. Drugs and alcohol or just alcohol. I don't know about drugs. Um, <laughs> I might do some drugs. um and a whole lot of of yelling and maybe people trying to talk hockey which no one gives a fuck about except for our core group of friends i i'm gonna be honest i don't even know if hockey will still be going on in april i feel like it will be i think it will be yeah yeah, it will be definitely will be yeah playoffs are in june and they're playing the same amount Right? Is that what's I happening? So. I think so. Maybe. I don't even. I don't even know. Whatever. It is what it is. We'll figure it out. Uh, beautiful people, this is the. We appreciate the shit out of you. Uh, I've turned a corner this evening. I've gone sober to kind of buzzed. Uh, also, more importantly, that's um, what pod's all about. It is. It's about drinking and talking <laughs> with your best friend about sports. Because you are my best friend, Matthew. But um, no, we're not leaving like subscribe content. No, no, no. I was going to, I'm getting there. Like, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends. Uh, I actually, neighbors of mine mentioned the fact that we do the sports podcast. So it makes me happy to hear that they listen to it. Um, it also makes me happy to hear that, um, you know, people laugh at the fact that we're idiots. And that's why it's called the Encoachables podcast because we are, or at least I am, um, impossible to deal with. So um, for those of you listening, like I said, like, subscribe, share. Uh, we will be doing an episode of the um, Unmaskables podcast this week. We have to do it. Otherwise, Ender will be down two episodes in a row that will never see the light of day. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got yeah, to do that. And then you got to pick your next one, man. And we can't do – like, we got to I, – I, 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 I've come to the, the, the conclusion that I'm doing one more podcast because this is all I'm doing with my life. Um it's gonna it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be a good idea um i think we're i'm gonna do a drunk draft with you guys uh or with other friends so we're gonna get wasted and draft candies we're gonna draft uh uh favorite movies worst movies um worst places or best places to have sex i mean it's just gonna be a disaster i'm just throwing (laughs) out ideas here so i'm spitballing so let's get drunk if you're listening and then we'll talk some shit uh matt you got anything else before we go uh no that pretty much sums it all up uh keep listening subscribe on on youtube now culture uh culture media at youtube both unmaskables and uncoachables uh have youtube pages Wait, we're on youtube you subscribe to yeah yeah <laughs> uh twitch.tv slash culture media uh spotify you can find us at the uncoachables as well as the unmaskables on youtube you can find us at the uncoachables as well as unmaskables uh, both are under the cultural media label. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Catch us uh, hopefully Thursday for Uncoachables again, where we plan to probably talk some spring training baseball. Baseball. Uh, uh, and I'm gonna make sure that we get we get a special guest. Like I am making sure ooh. that we get our very special guest for this ooh. one, our large adult. Assistant Ooh. District Attorney Son oh, will man. be here for this one. I'm, I'm ready already. Let's go, dude. I'm and, so excited. But uh, yeah. catch us over the weekend for Unmaskables. And other than that, 
you guys keep being safe. And Get your vaccines. Other, yeah, you know, all the other good shit that I'm supposed to say at the end. Yeah, get your vaccines, stay safe, take care of each other. And, um, yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to entertain my evening, <laughs> Bumble, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just trying to bust nuts with you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until next time, guys. Peace.